Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest on. Mr. Eric Thane is on the show and I'm excited to hear this guy's story. So stay with us. And we are back. Let me bring Eric on. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Hey, I didn't even ask. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? I didn't hear you pronounce it, but it's Thane. Thane. That's what I said. Yeah, okay. yeah you got it right. I nailed it. You nailed it. It's it's uh, it's it's you know not terribly difficult to figure out. <laughs> most most people get it right. Occasionally, there's some weird ones that pop out. You know. Yeah. Wow. So, so Eric, I started the show about three years ago or so, and, um, I've interviewed, I don't 370 some odd celebrities and entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, the reason I did this is to help people get unstuck. I believe people get stuck in life. They don't know how to get unstuck. I, I've I've seen bits and pieces of your story, and um, it's impressive. So I'm I'm excited to hear hear all about your story. So why don't we start with where you were born and raised? Uh, so I was born in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Um, and uh, and grew up in Phoenix. So so I lived in Phoenix for ten years. Um, uh, like I was telling you earlier, I grew up kind of all over the place. My family moved around quite a bit. Uh, my dad worked for John Deere, actually, and at John wow. Deere, you know, he just he moved around quite a bit, and we moved a few different places. So um, they had moved a lot before I was born, and then I was born in Phoenix. We lived there for ten years. Uh, from Phoenix, we moved to Johannesburg, South Africa, for three years, and lived there. And then from there, moved to uh, Dubuque, Iowa, which is where we lived when I went to high school. So I went to high school in uh, in Dubuque. And then from there, I moved out to Utah, and my family actually moved at the same time. But I moved out to Utah to go to school at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, and so spent you know a few years uh, there as well. That's where I got married to my wife. We lived there for ten years, and then just three years ago, we moved out here to Austin, Texas, where which is where we're at currently. Wow, I believe my brother Doug Wing went to BYU as well. Oh yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Doug. <laughs> so, um, Doug wants to know if dad was a mission president. Uh, no, he wasn't. No. So, so, um, so you where now where, so where were you when you graduated high school in Iowa? Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. How, and how long were you in Iowa? Five years. Dude, I spent, I spent a month in Des Moines for corporate training one time. It felt like a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it was, yeah. I'm like, what do you guys do here? Like, <laughs> and it's really windy in Iowa. Like really <laughs> windy. Okay. Yeah, it can be. You probably saw a lot of corn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was really funny because like we came from living in South Africa. Okay, it's a little exotic, right? Kind of crazy. And so like I'm like growing up in South Africa, having this like amazing experience there. And then we found out we're moving to Dubuque, Iowa, a town of like I don't know how many people, but it can't be more than like fifty thousand, right? And so like this small town, we're moving to Dubuque. And uh, when we flew in, you like when you fly into the airport, if you ever fly into the, the Dubuque airport, it's surrounded by cornfields. So it feels like you're landing in a cornfield. Like when you're looking out the window, you just see cornrows and cornrows and you fly and you're landing in the corn. It's not till you like just barely hit the ground that you finally see the tarmac and you can actually see where you're landing. So we're like, where are we moving? Like, how did we end up in Iowa, right? Of all places. And, but, yeah. you know, you, you learn to love a place when you live there. And I certainly loved living there. Wow. That's um yeah that would be a little bit crazy. So so you um you graduated high school. Did you know that you were going to college right out of high school then or 
uh yeah that was the plan originally was uh go to school wow so you you left there and you immediately went to utah and and started at byu yep yep so i did wow. a year at byu um i since i'm a member of the lds church i also served a mission for two years in ecuador uh guayaquil ecuador wow. learned spanish spent two years there serving the people Wow. And uh, did that and then came back and then finished my last three years at BYU. I got a major in graphic design. Nice. So you're a huge fan of Canva. <laughs> <laughs> I actually use it now. I Hey, I'm a Photoshop expert, dude. And I have been for a long time. I don't even, I was telling a buddy of mine the other day, I don't even open Photoshop on my computer anymore. Like everything so easier, is with, right? with Canva. It's so easy. Yeah. Sometimes we need to put something together really fast. That's just easier. Back in my graphic design days when I was like into it, I would have hated something like that. Because oh, I know, man. Doing all our jobs. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm a graphic design snob. How could, yeah. how dare you use That's Canva? So funny. So funny. <clears throat> Dude, it's a, but it's a great program. It really is. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing some training videos on Canva actually, because it's mm -hmm. like, it, it's so easy. And then I'm like, well, it's too easy. Why would I do any training videos? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just in case you're a complete moron, um, <laughs> here's some training videos. <laughs> That's terrible. But anyway, so so um so you got a degree in graphic design. That's pretty cool, man. So where where did it take you though? So you graduate college, you have a degree in graphic design. What did you do with it? You know, you know the funny thing about that question is that like you know how many people do something with their degree, right? I mean, I think some people do, right? But some people don't. And for me it certainly wasn't that way and I went to school cuz Cause you had to go to school and you had to get a degree and uh, you know, I'm grateful for it, but like, it wasn't, I don't, I personally, I don't think that like college really prepares people for what they need to know in the real world in order to be successful. And so I learned that later. In fact, I learned it before and then I learned it during college, but not from college. It was from doing my own client work. So I actually started my first graphic design business when I was 13 years old. And what? Yeah. So I was 13 I, uh, I I always had this kind of entrepreneurial bug and uh, just wanted to like create and try things and, and just like always experiment with new things. And so, um, you know, I had this bug when I was 13 years old. This was right uh, when we had moved to Iowa from South Africa. And um, I was always creative. So I was always drawing as a kid and uh, just figuring things out. And so when I was 13, I started to get into graphic design and I started learning. Um, I actually, so... I started learning graphic design in Microsoft Paint. No joke. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right? I didn't have I didn't have in the nice software. I didn't have the stuff. And in Microsoft Paint, I have full websites that I designed in Microsoft Paint, like pixel by pixel with the brush, <laughs> the, the primitive shape tools. And that's and that's how I got started with it and just like figuring out how to do it. And so one of my yeah. first businesses was actually selling um t-shirt designs to screamo bands on myspace do you remember myspace <laughs> dude that's where all the pedophiles hang out <laughs> <laughs> maybe now but back, I'm just... then, <laughs> back then it was like everyone was there it was like the pre-facebook right so everybody's yeah. on MySpace. nobody like facebook wasn't around yet and so it was a few years later that facebook came really came on the scene and started taking over and um and so I was on MySpace and everybody was on MySpace. It was MySpace and AIM, right? AOL yeah. Instant Messenger. That's that's yeah. where all like high school kids hung out. Yeah. And so, or MSN Messenger was around too. Um, and that's that's kind of how we communicated and hung out. And so um, I was on wow. MySpace and just looking for opportunities. And there were a lot of bands on MySpace and these like screamo or like metal bands uh, would be on MySpace and they had to build a profile. And they always needed like graphics and t-shirt designs and stuff to fill out their profile. And so I started offering these graphic designs to these bands for like 20 bucks a piece. And usually what I would do is I would go in, like I would go in and I would like draw or illustrate in my software, like a, a, a picture of like a dinosaur or something like that. And then, and then take like a really scary font and then put the name of their band in a really scary font around it. It was things like running with scissors or like <laughs> a murderous confession. You know, they had all these weird yeah. names. And yeah. uh, if I would build, you know, I'd build these t-shirt designs and then I would sell them to um, people online for 20 bucks 
uh, with PayPal, right? Because PayPal had, was like brand new at that time. Yeah, using yeah. PayPal. And I don't think I realized at the time like how powerful what I was doing was. Uh, I was young. I was just like in my teen years. And to me, like I kind of grew up with the internet, right? It was developing yeah. as I was growing up. And so, you know, I think for other people, they'd probably be like, wow, this is amazing to do that. To me, it was just like, yeah, I'm just talking to people on the other side of the world and making money from them. Not a big deal. Right. 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 And so that was kind of the that was kind of the, what got me started on the journey of like entrepreneurship and figuring out like how I can create value and create a service and get paid from people, not just locally, but also, you know, online. So that and, and that all started with MySpace. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny, man. I, I mean, I, I, I built my first website in 1994. So like wow. hard coded it with a program called hot dog. And they, you know, there was no JavaScript. There was no, like it was HTML period. That's it. Yeah, Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> and, and, you know, so then flash came along and that was a nightmare, but, um, so, so, you know, um, you've been you've been on on the online entrepreneur thing for a while then so did you make did you make good money then at 13 14 i mean were you making decent money um no i mean <laughs> no. maybe for like for a 13 14 year old yeah probably decent and i probably yeah. made I, let, let's put it this way i probably made as much as my friends did who had jobs yeah. and i didn't have to work a job right right so, right. so there's the advantage wow. right that's awesome. That's awesome. So where did it go then after, after, I mean, did you do anything big in your teens or did it all start happening for you after college? Yeah. So my, my businesses that I was running, they, they funded my entire childhood growing up basically. Wow. Um, I, you know, I was an entrepreneur all the way through high school, through college. That was how I funded everything. I only ever had like three jobs that didn't last very long because I found out very quickly after I would get a job that I really didn't like having a job. Right. Your boss. Yeah. And so, right. And right. So I, it just wasn't in me. Right. And yeah. so I, I worked um, for a short time. I worked at the police station actually doing uh tobacco stings. If, if you know, what those are where you go in and you um, you actually go to a store and, and pretend to buy cigarettes or alcohol just to see if they will check your ID. Wow. Um, so I did that for a while and that that paid, you know, $20 an hour. That was my first job ever was making $20 an hour. And so like, you know, I already had an expectation of like, this is what I have to make. Right. And then uh, I worked at a ski resort for a little while and I worked like three hours a week. And I just did that because I wanted the free season pass that they gave me. And then um, and then in college, I had one job doing graphic design as well for uh, for the arts program there at BYU. And so that wow. lasted about a year outside of that. Everything came from my work. So I did. I did graphic design. Uh, it was it was always artistic, creative avenues. So graphic design, uh, music production, um, iPhone development, web development, uh, filmmaking. I I kind of just pivoted between different things that I enjoyed doing and yeah. started figuring things out. And and around um, so it would have been like 2011, I started a YouTube channel, making music videos because I decided that I wanted to be a musician. And so and so I started actually performing on the piano. I played the piano since I was really young. Uh, I started doing concerts on the piano. I started creating YouTube content and trying to get people, you know, to to notice the my yeah. YouTube content as a pianist. That turned into a love for video production and making videos. And I eventually pivoted from like playing music into producing music, built a recording studio, started managing YouTube artists, went into uh, and then got into filmmaking and then decided to like leave the music behind and become a filmmaker. And start wow. a video production company. So I went through a lot of different things before, you know, where I'm at right now. And yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people look at it and they say, like, wow, like how did you become successful overnight? Right. People love like the overnight success. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you don't know the years that I've put into this. Like, I'm only 31 years old. I'm not, you know, I'm still young. Yeah. But I've been at this for 18 years now because I started when I was 13, right? And it took right. me a long time to really learn things, but like there's there's a history there and experience that has that has taken place to get to this point. It's 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 crazy. I'm I am not 31. <laughs> I'm not even close to 31 anymore. You look like you're close. Yeah, right. I'm I'll be 53 here in a in a in a couple of weeks. But um, you know, uh, 
it takes time, man. And that, that is something that, that I think a lot of people, um, I have friends in, in, um, Dallas that, that have a, um, have, have a, 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 um, well, the, he, he's the co-founder of Herbalife, which is a pretty big company and they do a lot of, but they call it the Lamborghini bikini crowd on Instagram. Like, you uh -huh. know, you see all of these people that are, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's fake. A lot of it is, you know, and, and, and people just don't understand. I think there's a, 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 a misconception in today's world about what it takes to achieve success. It doesn't happen overnight ever. And yeah. if it does, you probably are going to lose it overnight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. I think what happens is people see somebody who's been successful and it looks like it seems like it's happened overnight, whether yeah. it's an influencer or a personality or, you know, somebody. And what really happened is, is we don't see the backstory, right? A lot of yep. times. What happens is, is there the people who are becoming successful are the ones who have put in consistent effort over time. And again and again and again, behind the scenes without anybody watching when they had a small following where nobody was paying attention and yeah. they put that effort in and then a strategy came along or something came along that they were able to plug their expertise into that made it blow up. Yeah. So there's that opportunity that comes for a lot of people, I think, is where you, you've put the time in and the effort in and it's really was just a matter of plugging into the right strategy before it actually takes off. And what people see is from that moment onwards, right? Is yep. that strategy, and so the the perception to the public is all I have to do is use that same strategy, and I will have the same level of success. All I have to do is start a YouTube channel. All I have to do is build a funnel. All I have to do is this, this, or this. It's the strategy, even though like we know that all of them work with time, right? And yep. so it doesn't really happen overnight. It's it's all of the years of experience in the making that made it so that that thing was able to work. It took me 12 years to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> so it, it takes time, man. And yeah. it sucks, you know, and again, there's strategies, obviously there are experts that can, can help you. Um, if, if your goal is to blow up on YouTube, a good idea would be to hire a coach or somebody that can help you blow up on YouTube. Like, Sure. Um, you know, but, but again, if that's your goal and that's what you, and, and, you know, but there's so many other things like you need to have content that's valuable, that people actually value your content. Right. Or, um, it blows me away. I see my, uh, my 11 year old daughter has like over 10,000 followers on a TikTok account <clears throat> that is about playing Roblox or something. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the world? Are you serious? So, you know, like I, I'm a little jealous. Like I have 400 followers on TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, Hey honey, how about giving your dad a shout out on TikTok? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but you know, so it, it's an interesting, um, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So, so you, um, I, I read in your, um, in your bio that you eventually, created a business with um, more than 14,000 paying customers um, and generated multiple seven figures in, in business. So how, how did you get to that? How did that happen? I mean, yeah. you're only 31, dude. So like, that's pretty impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no. So, um, so like I said, I got into um, video production kind of became my thing for a little while. And uh, and I say that because like I've hopped between so many things, but like for a little while, that was my thing. And uh, certainly something that I love and have just, you know, I've, I've been making videos since I was a kid and been creative with that. And I got into the world of commercial video production and really trying to create like really high level cinematic style videos and get clients, you know, using those. Because my thing growing up was always like, how do I figure out how to do what I really love to do and then also get paid to do it. Because like to me, that was like, that's the dream is to be able to do what you love and make good money doing it. And so, you know, I decided like, well, I love filmmaking. Let me figure out how I can make money as a filmmaker. Yeah. And so I started creating videos. I started creating uh, video content and getting clients. 
uh, built that business up over over a handful of years, built it up to eventually about six figures a year in revenue as a video production company. And then um, that was when I had the idea and I was looking for like, okay, what's the next thing for me? Um, which I think us entrepreneurs, like we do that, right? You, you hit yeah. one level of success with something and it's like, okay, now what's next? What's, right. what's the next thing? Where am I going from here? Right. And so right. I was kind of exploring that as what's the next thing. And I had this idea that like, well, what if I could create an online course teaching filmmakers how to do what I do and how to create cinematic looking videos and how to get clients as a filmmaker? And when I started this, this was in 2016, the online course world wasn't as big as it is now. Right. Uh, remember when I started this, like people were like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to start a what? Like, what even is that? Are people going to buy it? Right. Um, and so like, I was, I was really like ahead of, ahead of my time. And, um, and I think that was a really big advantage that I had going into it. Um, and so I started this, this online course, just thinking like, Hey, we'll see what happens. And it ended up turning into my full-time job. And so for five years, I spent like building this community of filmmakers and uh, people that, you know, that, that were filmmakers all across the world and kind of building this thing. Now, it wasn't like it wasn't like I started this online course again and like everything just blew up. Right. Um, it took time. Right. We made we made six figures in our first year um, selling online courses, using webinars, using, uh, you know, phone call strategies, using all sorts of you know social media content, that kind of thing. And so we were doing pretty well. And um, and I was trying lots of different things. Um, I kind of operate a little bit in the ClickFunnels world. I don't, I don't, do you know Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels? I've had Robbie Summers on the show. He's a buddy of mine. Yeah, Robbie's great. So, Robbie's awesome. Yeah, so I've learned a lot from from Russell and from ClickFunnels in terms of like how to start a business online and how to grow. And so I was kind of following all those things and getting stuck in like uh, you know different types of funnels and different ways to bring people in. And uh, just, there's just so many ways to do it, right? Yeah. And so I was doing all these things and, you know, that was keeping me stuck for a few years. And so for the first three years of running that business, I was hitting about, you know, just low six figures every single year. And um, by the end of the first three years, I had made about half a million dollars uh, in total revenue from this. Yeah. Now, that's nothing like that's, that's awesome. I'm grateful for it. Right. But again, as an entrepreneur, it's like, What's the next level? Like, how do I how do I get higher than that? And I remember going to um, you know the the ClickFunnels events. Uh, if anybody's not familiar with ClickFunnels, they have an award called the Two Comma Club Award, right? Yeah. Two commas because there's two commas in a million, and so yeah. when you make a million dollars in a funnel using ClickFunnels, they give you this award, and it's become in the internet marketing community it's become somewhat of a prestigious award that you can get. And so I remember sitting at those events and those conferences and watching people get their awards. And just sitting there and going, like, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm just, I'm hitting the same level every single year, year after year. And after three years of hitting the same revenue figure, it's like, why am I even doing this? I'm not, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Yep. And so, and so I was like, man, what am I going to do? Like, how do I, how do I make this happen? And I, and I honestly hit a point where I wanted to give up. Uh, I wanted to, you know, give up to me doesn't mean like go get a nine to five job. That would be like the ultimate give up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's yeah oh god you know, i'm entrepreneurial no. i'm an entrepreneur for life you know like i'm, I'm right at, I'm goodness, right and, yeah. so, and so for me but it, i started thinking about other business ideas and like oh what if i did this instead or what if this and like i don't think it's possible with my market to be successful like they're not buyers you know i, I had these like really bad false beliefs around my market and filmmakers and that they don't have money and that there's no way to grow and scale in this market and I think that's the direction, you know, any, somebody who's listening right now is probably feeling like, oh, I've felt that way before. Like when you're stuck, you tend to look at external circumstances. You yep. internally, like we want to blame something that's not us, right? It's like, it's the market's yeah. fault or it's this fault or it's this vehicle that's not working. Yeah. It's Eric's fault. Yeah, that's and I didn't want to say that, you know. Or it's Russell Bronson's fault. It's his fault. Yeah, yeah. Like this stuff doesn't work, you know. Dude, I I got just a quick side, and I want I want you to keep going. But I remember I was at the 10x growth conference, and Russell was on stage, and he he literally start. Now I've been developing websites for 27 years, almost <laughs> as long as you've been alive, and 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 Russell comes out on stage and says. 
I've got bad news for you. Websites are dead. I was, I'm looking around and I had clients. We had a private suite. I had clients that I'm building websites for in the suite. And I'm going, he's full of crap. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, the hell's wrong with you, dude? No. Like, I was like, stop that, Russell. Anyway, so, but I, I love ClickFunnels. I use it every day. So yeah. anyway, keep going. Sorry. Well, yeah. So, so anyway, so I, I was kind of at that point where it was like, do or die. Like, am I going to continue with this or am I going to, uh, you know, what, what am I going to do here? Am I going to go do something else? And when I hit that point, I, I decided to like, give it one last ditch effort. Like, let's just try, like I tried so many funnels, so many different things. And I said, you know what, let's just try one more, right? One more. And you know what? I'm going to do something different this time because what I did with the first like 20 funnels that I built is that I would build them up to a point. I would try it. And if it didn't work, then I would go on to the next thing and then yeah. move on to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And I never really put the emphasis into one funnel. And I remember something that Russell told me uh, that really stuck in my mind. He said, if you want to be successful, focus on one offer, one funnel, and one traffic source until it makes a million dollars and don't do anything else. And I was like, okay, well, if that's what he says, like, that's, that's, what's going to do it. Like, that's what we're going to do this time. What's he know? He's only doing 200 million a year. Yeah. Not nothing. Right. <laughs> so, so I decided, you know what, finally, okay, I'll listen to it. <laughs> I'll focus <laughs> right. on the one funnel. Isn't it funny how we don't listen to people that. Oh God, I know. I know. So, so I did it. I focused on this one funnel and we decided that, you know, I had, I had webinars selling, you know, 500 to thousand dollar offers. I had some high ticket coaching programs that were from 7,500 to 15,000. And, uh, and so like, those are all kind of running okay and doing well. Um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to build a front end offer. And this front end offer is going to be like a smaller offer. That's going to be a lower ticket. It's going to be forty-seven dollars, and it will bring people in and build me a list of buyers for like you know ideal clients. And then what I'll do is I'll use some systems to upgrade people into my higher ticket offers. So that was the idea. We're going all in on this product, and so I created this product called Lighting Secrets. Now this was for the filmmakers, right? For videographers, and it was it was teaching videographers how to light their videos, right? Yeah. How to make your videos look nice using lighting. And, uh, and I built this product, I put it together, I decided to launch it and I went all in on this funnel. Okay. So we launched it at first. And the idea with a funnel like this is, Hey, if I can get it to break even on my yeah. ads, which means that if I spend $50 on ads, I make $50 back out and then I get a buyer on my list. Right. So I'm yeah. getting buyers on my list for free and then I can send them into my higher ticket offers and make profit there. Yeah. And that was the whole goal with this. If I can break even, the goal is to break even. And so right. I launched the funnel. And uh, what do you know? It did not break even. <laughs> we started losing money, like a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> so it was more like rather than putting in $50 and making you know $50 back, it was like I put in $50 and I made $25 back. Right? And you're like, if it weren't for bad luck, I wouldn't have luck at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so, and so, and so I'm hitting this point where like, you know, in the first month we ended up like, okay, as an entrepreneur, you start one month with a certain amount of money in the bank. And if you end that month with less money in the bank than when you started, you really start to question your existence, <laughs> like what you're, right. what you're trying to do. Right. Right. It's like, why am right. I even here? Maybe I and, should go uh, back to work at the police department and run <laughs> things. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get so, it, man. Yeah. So, so I'm just like this, wow, this is not working again, but I had committed <laughs> to myself that like, I'm going to go all in. Right. Yeah. Go all in. yeah. And so I started tweaking the funnel and making little running little tests. Okay. Can you run a split test where you run like half the track traffic to one version, half the traffic to another version Yeah. and you see which one works better. So you change yeah. the color of a button or you change the headline. You add a video, you put in a testimonial. I started tweaking and testing all these things over and over and over again. And eventually we hit break even. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, this is the key. I did it. Like, you should be excited if you can break even on the front end because now everything you make on the back end is like pure profit, right? right. So I was excited yeah. about that. But I was like, man, I wonder if I could go further. Like, can we do more with this? And so I continued tweaking and testing. 
I continued tweaking and testing, doing everything I could. I talked to my mentors and my coaches. I said, look at this page. What do you think could be done better here? And they would give me like a list of ideas. Try all these things. And I would go through one by one and split test every single one of them and, uh, and see what would work better. And I went through this entire process. And every single one of these little tests makes like a little improvement, right? And sometimes, sometimes it's actually worse, right? So sometimes you right. have to do worse and you're like, oh, no, I have to correct that. I have to go back to the way it was and then try yeah. something else. And so it's like little improvements, but over time, it can make a massive difference. Yeah. So, so this was uh, beginning of 2019. In February 2019, my business made $15,000. And that was at a $3,000 loss. Okay. So we ended yeah. up $3,000 in the hole at the end of the month. How were you eating? How was I eating? Yeah, I mean, if you're losing money, like how how do you, how do you, you just? Like, I mean, yeah. we, we lost money for like a few months on this offer. Wow. It wasn't like long term. Yeah. But, like, overall, yeah. you know, we're doing yeah. things. We're you know selling other offers to our yeah members, right right yeah. doing things to like keep the business afloat right right right. But we uh, so so February 15k uh, at a 3k loss, and that was when I started the the testing. In March, we made. 30k in april we made 50k wow. and in may we had our first six-figure month ever we passed a hundred thousand dollars in sales wow on this offer at a on the 47 dollar deal on the 47 dollar deal at a Come very on. high profit margin <clears throat> that wow. was you know that was in may by august so I told you in three years, it took us three years to get halfway to the two comma club, right? Halfway yeah. to a million. We did the other half in just six months. Wow. So it was like extreme acceleration. And um, and by August, we passed, you know, the two comma club line. We got our two comma club award. Uh, we passed yeah. a million dollars with our entire business. And then uh, and then now that Lighting Secrets product, that $47 offer has made over a million dollars just by itself, not counting all the high ticket offers that we now do you have an upsell in the in there and oh. and you yep. do you convert the some of those upsells in the funnel yeah so what we do is we have a so it's a 47 dollar offer on the front end we have a 17 dollar order bump so an order bump is when you're on the checkout and you're ready to put in your credit card or after you put in your credit card there's another little offer that's like hey do you want to also add on this little upgrade as well yeah it's like, it's like when you're at the store and they've got like candy and gum and yeah stuff. hey add yeah. these things on just little things so yeah. we've got one of those as well and then there's an upsell for um a 97 dollar offer after wow. and that's how we're able to break even not just break even but be profitable in the funnel and get to the point where we were even 4x profitable so it was wow. like we were spending, you know, $15 on ads and making $60 in the funnel, right? Wow. Um, for time. And that was amazing. And so, so, so yes, we take people through a series of those things. And then through testing all of this and working on it, we, we developed these automated systems for upgrading people into our high ticket programs. Still to this day, I don't look at the front end offer as like my business, right? Like that's not the business. That's just a, like, it's a bait to get people in. Who are yeah. my ideal clients and then i send them into my core offer my high ticket offer which is coaching where i can serve people at the highest level and that's ultimately where we're trying to get people to and when you when you say coaching you're talking about coaching people through creating funnels and is that, yeah. is, that so, is that the kind of coaching you do or are you a are you a life coach guru like everybody else <laughs> No, so so business, yeah. Okay. And uh, so so I initially started doing this for the filmmakers, right? So they would buy the lighting course or they'd buy one of our other offers and then they would send into our, like you know, I had a business coaching course for filmmakers, how to grow your business, shoot better looking films, get higher paying clients, um, that kind of thing. And so that's what we've been doing for the last five years. Um, just recently this year, I started pivoting into, well, hey, I've done this with online courses and coaching. I could show... Like how many people could be impacted if I would show them how we did this. And so we've pivoted into helping other course creators, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants to scale their um, offers and their programs and their businesses using what I call mighty offers. And these mighty offers are these front end offers that you can use to bring in those buyers and then ascend them into your core offer, your high ticket offer. Wow. That's powerful, man. That's And, and so there's a big market for that. Uh, for which one? For what you're doing, the the coaching. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. 
So <clears throat> that's interesting because I'm out here in my own little world. I have a course and coaching and all of that. And, and um, you know, you get so focused on what you're doing, you don't see what everybody else is doing. I don't know if you, you, you experience that or not, but yeah. Um, so l- let me ask you a question. What, what do you, um, so now, I mean, now you're doing multiple seven figures. Did you get your two comma club award yet? I did. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to be at Funnel Hacker Live in September? Yes. Yep. I will. I, I, we'll get to meet then. I'll oh, be awesome. Too. That'll be yeah. great. Um, so, so what do you think? I think I know what your answer is going to be, but what do you think makes most people that like are building a funnel? For example, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I did a, um, I did the, I was in the, getting a bunch of people to do the one funnel away challenge with me. I created a private Facebook group, got a bunch of people that signed up. We all paid our hundred bucks. And most of us, especially me, I was right in the middle of closing on a house and a lot of other things happening. I didn't do it. I did not do I already build funnels. I kept saying to myself, you already know how to build funnels. You build them every day. What the hell do you need a one funnel away challenge for now? And so I, I, I made it the first day and I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many things that are, that are like, I, how am I going to have the time? Like, and so I, I didn't, I didn't make it any other day. I just couldn't, I couldn't be there. Um, but you know, there are people that don't have my schedule um, that have a lot more free time than I have that, that didn't make it either. (laughs) So what do you think stops people from, from that? I I would say like, number one thing is, is not staying in the game long enough to learn the game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, you don't know what you don't know. There's so much that you don't know and you don't even know that you don't know it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's uh, one of my friends and mentors, um, Myron Golden, I think he's the one that talks about the circle of exposure, how like when you're starting out, you, you're, a, you're a circle like this, right? And yep. the, the surface area of that circle is a certain amount, right? And that's, yeah. that's the amount of how much you're exposed to the world and what's out there. And as you grow and you gain more exposure to more things, that circle grows and becomes bigger. And as the circle becomes bigger, now the surface area is much bigger. So your exposure gets bigger. And so you start you start realizing that there's so much more out there that you didn't know. Once you learn uh, something at a certain level, then you also learn something that you didn't know. And you realize like, oh, I don't know that. So I need to learn that. And when you learn that, then you realize there's something else you don't know. And so you grow over time as you as you figure these things out. And so I would say that like it's, it's staying in the game long enough to figure it out. Um, you know, to your point, what you said is that like, you didn't want to join the one funnel away challenge because you're like, I already know this stuff and I already know funnels. And like, yeah. I've done that, like how many times over the last, how many years of just yeah. saying like, okay, I have this figured out now. I have this figured out now. I have this figured yep. out now. And every yep. time it's at another level. And so what happens, and it, and it keeps baffling me, um, that sometimes I'll hear something from a mentor or a friend or a coach or Russell, and he'll say yeah. something that that I've heard them say for years, over and over and over again. And for some reason right now, it hits different. Yep. And, and, and you have this epiphany that's like, I never thought about it that way. In fact, sometimes it's kind of funny. Like I'll have one of those epiphanies and I'll call a friend uh, who's another entrepreneur and I'll say like, Hey, like you, I just had this epiphany. I have to tell you about it. And I'm like, so-and-so said this, and this is the epiphany. And they're like, yeah, like we've heard that over and over again. I'm like, right. no, you, don't, you don't understand. It's yeah. different now. It makes right. it, it makes completely different sense now based on my current situation and my current experience level. Yeah. And and that's what changes everything is that you you realize something like that. You start to make that um, that connection that you didn't make before about yep. the same thing, which is why like a lot of times as you're growing, it's not only about learning new things, but it's about learning the same things over and over again. Like we need things repeated into us again and again and again to solidify them, to cement them, to get to the point where you achieve mastery of a topic and not just surface level understanding. 
Well, and, and, you know, it's a different, we already know that every seven years, our, our body is a completely new body. Like all the cells in our body die off and they're replaced with new cells every seven years. We know that it's a scientific fact. Mm. And, and, you know, if you, if you look at, like, I can read a book today and then read the same exact book a month from now. And it's two different people that read that book. It's not the yeah. same person. Ooh, so good. It's not the same person, right? So, so we're constantly, as human beings, we're constantly growing and evolving. And, and, and even if we feel like we're not growing and evolving, we're still changing. And, it, you know, so it's not the same person that shows up a month from now that's showing up today. One of the things Victoria is asking a lot, she's very philosophical. This is a very good friend of mine. Um, she says, what kept you going? What did keep you, what kept you going when you were taking those losses in the beginning? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think that like, as people, we have intrinsic motivators yeah. that motivate us to do things and they're different for different people. Yeah. And yeah. And some of my motivators like have pushed me towards this like entrepreneurial path of like, this is, this is what it, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And uh, I think there's an identity there. There's a story that I've told myself for so long that like, this is it, like there's no other option. And I think when you make a decision like that, where like the word decision is like incision, incision means to cut decision means to cut off. Right. And I think mm. I made the decision early on, like 13 years old, early on that, like, this is my path in life. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And so it doesn't matter if the losses come, it doesn't matter if there's short term failures or setbacks. It's I already made that decision that this is what I'm going to do. I'm not I'm not going down another path. And so having that confidence and that commitment level that like, this is this is my thing. This is my sport. This is my life. This is what I'm going to do. Um, certainly helps with that. And it helps you to reframe failure or those losses as like temporary setbacks, right? This is just yeah. something that's getting in the way right now. I'm going to solve this and I'm going to be that much better for it. And I'm going to move forward. It's like with the funnel, you know, rather than, you know, when it didn't work and we were losing thousands of dollars a month, rather than just saying like, well, that one doesn't work. We'll move on to something else. It was that decision. Like I'm going all in on this. But, but you did do that for years. You said like, oh, that didn't work let's move on to something else. And then eventually you made the decision. I love that. You just said that incision is to cut decision is to cut off. So you cut off in your mind, in your reality, you said, there's no other option. We're making this work. We're making it work. So, yeah. so, uh, and I, I love that, man. I've never heard that incision decision thing. That's, that's really cool. Victoria asks another question. I, I love bringing up Victoria's questions because they're always so deep. You said you would try something for a while. If it didn't work, try something else. Why did you continue going with this project? Well, we just kind of talked about that. Yeah, I think it's, this, it's the same thing. Like I, I, it's like I took my life's philosophy and finally applied it to my business. Yeah. And so the life philosophy was like, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be an entrepreneur. And uh, like I said, intrinsic motivators. And some of those for me are my family, uh, you know, living a life without regrets, like being able to do a lot with my life, uh, making an impact on the world, helping people. Um, there's a lot of those motivators that I have. And so and so the decision was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And so that's why, you know, when something wouldn't work, I would just move on to the next thing. I never gave up. I would move on like, okay, let's try something else. It's going to work better. Let's try something else. It's going to work better. But I kind of reframed, I think with this new funnel, the idea of how that works is like, rather than moving on to something else that'll work better, why don't we make this work? Because everything can work. Every strategy does work. It's just that people don't give each one enough time to make it actually happen. Amen. You know, I said to, um, I, I think, I don't know about you. I know if for me, um, there was always this insecurity. I, I I know a lot of graphic designers and artists and videographers, and um, I think it, it it's common that there's a an underlying insecurity in in artists for some. Re I, I don't know why, right? Probably ver various reasons. But I had Andy Frisella on the show. If you know who Andy oh, Frisella yeah, yeah. is, 
Yep. And and I said, you know, he's doing what four hundred million dollars a year or whatever. And and I said, Andy, and you want to talk about an intimidating interview? I was, I literally, I'm pretty sure I was sweating the entire time. Yeah. Um. And, but I said, Andy, um, you know, you have this insatiable drive for success, like. You attack everything with a a ferocious, and he really does. Like he's just. And I said, "What? What do you think? What do you think drives that in you? What? What? What creates that 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 drive you have?" And and he said, um, "Honestly," and he didn't even hesitate. He goes, "Honestly, I think it's because I had my ass kicked so many times as a kid, and I was picked on and bullied and." And, and man, you tell me I can't do something. Uh, it's on. And I'm the same, like, I'm the same way. Like, yeah. tell me I can't do something and yeah. look out. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I think every entrepreneur is, is, <laughs> on some level has a chip on their shoulder. That's like, I got to prove to the world what I can do. Cause I got bullied or I got whatever's happened. Yeah. I, I mean, like as an entrepreneur, you deal with haters. You deal with yep. people that want to bring you down, that don't believe in you. And every time somebody writes a comment on YouTube or on Facebook or they say something mean to you, it's just like it's just like more fire that like I have to prove that person wrong. Yeah. And, and yeah, we do that. We we just, you know, you have to have that success because like I want everybody who didn't believe in me early on to know that they were wrong, you know. I can remember Grant Cardone saying, you got to love your haters. And I'm like, love them. I want to put a bullet. In <laughs> like, what? I don't want to yeah. love them. I get it now. I get it. But at first, you know, you're like, when you get your first hater, it's like, oh my God, I'm worthless. Yeah. Oh, I'll, <laughs> like, tell you, I'll tell you when I started out and I, I remember I started my first online course business. The first time I really started putting myself out there online uh, I, I remember some of those comments would like put me in a funk, in a bad oh, mood yeah. for an entire day or days at a time. Yeah. Uh, because I just couldn't handle like somebody not liking me or or like saying mean things about me. And and it's just, and it hurts like when you're not attuned to that, right? Yeah. And I think over the years, like you develop thick skin and yeah. and more than just developing thick skin and being able to take it, you start to realize the importance of like people and their opinions and how it affects you. Yeah. And how like certain people with certain opinions or certain views on life are not my customers, right? These people are not like, I'm like, the way this person is talking, I can tell that you're not the type of person that I would like to hang out with. And therefore, I don't want you buying my stuff anyway. And therefore, right. it's okay. I can be okay with you having that opinion and going somewhere else, you know? Right. So when you start to realize that, you start to grow, you're like, oh, I what, what, what I'm trying to do, my goal is to like attract my people to me. The people yep. that I like hanging out with, that I like being around, the people that are action takers that we have fun with, that we're able to help get amazing results, our clients, and like anybody else, it's okay if they don't if they don't want to follow. It's okay if they don't want to listen. It's okay if they don't want to buy because uh, it's not a good fit anyway. It's tough as an entrepreneur. You do. I mean, I think as a human being, you want everybody to like you and love you and all that, but it, you do have to get to that place where it's like, dude, you're just not my customer. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, you can hang out here and talk your crap, but you know, what I love is, you know, when people start talking smack, um, the people that really do love me and follow me, they, they, they have a tendency of, of attacking that person, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, no, you ain't, you ain't messing with Ken, but <clears throat> Victoria that, says, but also, it also makes them more loyal to you. Yes. They see people with opposing opinions. I mean, we see this happening in America right yep. now. Yep. So many opinions are being shared. Yeah. What people don't realize is that when you share your opinion really loudly, it makes people that have the opposite opinion more firm in their opinion. Yep. Right? It doesn't actually change people's minds. It makes them yeah. more firm. And so when you have a hater that does that, it makes the people who do like you more loyal to you and actually yep. like, want to follow you even more. It's true. I hated Russell at first. <laughs> I mean, when he said websites are dead, I got <laughs> resentful. Like, dude, what? Don't say that. That's not true. I but know. I get, I get, I get it now. I get it. So yeah. now I love, I love Russell. If you're watching Russell, I love you, dude. <laughs> um, ask, ask Robbie Summers. He's he. But um, so Victoria says, how do you expose yourself to what and who you need to know? Ooh, that's a good question. 
She asks so, very, uh, very deep questions, dude. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think, I think, uh, you know, in terms of the circle of exposure that we're talking about, some of that exposure happens just from, uh, from experience and just putting yourself out there and always trying to grow and put yourself in unique situations. But a lot of like exposing myself to who and what I need to know has been a product of me, like actually, you know, paying to be in the room. And uh, yeah, there you go. That is that's probably one of the biggest secrets to success that I could give anybody is like you can you can pay to be in the room. And when I say in the room, I mean, like in the place where the knowledge is happening in the place where the ideas are being shared yep. and around the people who are taking those ideas and taking them out into the world and being successful, because ultimately your environment is what's going to influence you. It's what's going to cause you to think the way that you think. It's going to cause you to act the way that you act. And the way that you think is going to is going to influence the way you act. And the way you act is what is going to determine your outcome. And so yep. if you want to it, you want to change your outcome, if you want to get to a different place in life, you've got to change your actions, right? Because your yep. outcome is a result of the actions that you take. And in order to change those actions, you have to change who you are because you will never act in accordance with somebody that you're not, right? You will yep. always act in accordance with who you believe yourself to be. And so, so much of getting to where you want to be is about changing the mind. It's this idea of be, do, have, right? Yep. You have to be a certain person, have a certain brain. The brain tells the muscles what to do and the muscles create the actions that get you to where you want to be. And so, so much of it is, is brain power. And one of the best ways that you can influence your brain to think the right way is to be around the right people and to be in the room. And, um, you know, early on, you know, when I was younger, I always thought that like there were these elite groups of people that I couldn't get attached to or that I couldn't get connected with. And it was really hard to like meet these people and, you know, how to, how to be there. I remember when I was in the YouTube world, I'd seen these like big YouTubers and I didn't know how to talk to them. I didn't know how to like become friends with them or, you know, make those things happen because like, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was not real confident and I, and I didn't, I wasn't like a people person and right. I didn't know how to like talk to people and like be friendly. And still to this day, like I'm an introvert. I, I like to, I kind of like to be alone, you know, yeah. and, and like, I'm not the, I'm not the life of the party. I'm not the person that's going out and like just being friends with everybody. And so like, how do I, as an introvert or as somebody that struggles with that, like get to know these people. And I found that the secret, the trick was to pay money. Yes. <laughs> and that and that I could actually pay people money like if if I wanted to get connected to somebody, you could you can you can pay them money, you can buy their thing. Like people whether they like you or not, people treat their clients really well. So if you become a client of somebody, yep. they are going to like you and they will and by and by that, you know, by nature of that relationship, it gives you the in the opportunity to get to know somebody. And that's, you know, that's the way that I've been able to get connected to so many people in my life has been from a lot of times has been from the coaching programs that I've joined. Yeah. I'm joining the programs that they're in where they're networking. Um, it's how I know Russell. It's how I know anybody in the ClickFunnels world. Like, and I know a lot of people in that world and in the internet marketing world, it's from being in the room with them. You and know? you paid to be there. And I paid to be there, right? Don't you love the people that 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 uh, that hit you up and say, "Hey, I was wondering if we could set up a time where I could just pick your brain for a little bit." <laughs> so I got that so much that I put a button on my website website Russell um, that says "Pick my brain,", pick my brain. and 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 you you have to pay to pick my brain before you schedule an appointment to pick my brain yeah because 53 years of of information is valuable of me exactly. getting my butt kicked a lot yeah. i can Absolutely. help you not right like that's what we do you 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 it, it there is this mindset of especially with youtube and 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 the internet that well i can just go out to youtube and get the information for free you can. That's true. There are a lot of great, great things on YouTube, but you can't get everything for free. And if you live in the mindset that you're going to get everything for free, well, you're going to live a horrible life, probably. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not judging. I've been there. I, I, that's how I learned Photoshop. 
was was YouTube and a lot of errors. So, you know. But anyway, so dude, this is this is incredible. You're spot on on everything. I I I love everything you're talking about. Let me ask you this. What what do you think this is based on your opinion? Number one answer to this is fear, so you have to do better than that. Um the the and that is um what do you think holds people back from two things? Financial success and real joy and happiness in life. Ooh. You know, I think that um, a lot of times those two things are actually born from the same thing. And, uh, you know, it's there's there, there are people that have a lot of money in this world who are not happy. But a lot of times, like, it didn't come from, you know, the, the people that win the lottery. Not, not to judge anybody. But like you think about the people that win the lottery or that just come into money that end up with these unhappy lives. You see it in celebrities. You see it in uh, famous people who, uh, you know, not that they haven't put work in, but like sometimes people get picked up and it just kind of happens for them. Yeah. And so I think that there's a there's a thing that comes from, you know, there's there's a stem for, you know, financial success and happiness in life. And a lot of that comes from hard work. It comes from having a purpose in your life, having a defined purpose. Um, I don't know if you've read the book mm. Outwitting the Devil by uh, Sharon Hill. Lecter is a good friend of mine. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've read that book. It's amazing. So I mean, I I just listened to it on Audible last week. So my first that was my first exposure to it. And uh, you know, and he talks about that, that like there are people in this world that are successful and happy and positive thinkers and unfortunately it's only like two percent of the population and then he talks about how like the other 98 percent of the population are the people that are controlled by the devil right yep people that don't know how to think for themselves that are drifters right and they just kind of drift through life and allow things to happen to them yeah and the thing that determines whether somebody is going to be a yeah a non-drifter or a drifter in that book is um the biggest thing is having a definite purpose Yep. Having a definite purpose, thinking for yourself, and then taking positive action consistently over time. And those are the things that cause number one, financial success, and number two, joy and happiness. Because it's not, it's not that like the it's not the money that creates the happiness. It's the it's the purpose, it's the adventure, it's the journey that you go on, it's the experiences that you have, it's what you learn from, it's how you grow and what you're able to accomplish in your life that I think brings real true joy. Amen, dude. Amen. I I totally agree. I, I just posted the other day that you know success really is not that that difficult. If I said to you, um, if I said to a group of ten people, <clears throat> all you have to do is walk every day from my house to downtown Columbus, Ohio. Um, it would be about a probably four hour walk, um, and then walk back. And at the end of one week, I'll give you all a million dollars. Only one or two of them would actually do it. Mm -hmm. A very, very small percentage would actually do it and complete the, the whole week. And, and so uh, it's success is really about what you just said. It's about being consistent. Just keep showing up no matter what. If you're losing $3,000 a month, you know, keep tweaking, tweak the sales, <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to adjust the sales. Like eventually you're going to catch the wind. You just got to keep adjusting. Yeah. Action in the wrong direction is better than no action at all. Amen, dude. I agree. You know, there was a, I, I, I always ask this question too. Um, and and then we'll we'll wrap it up. But the the my wife and I met in in two thousand eight ish, um, and about two thousand nine two thousand ten, we decided in the middle of that mess, it would be a good idea to open an office and hire some employees. So we did that, and everybody was getting paid except for us. 
And um, I remember one day this guy walking in my office that worked for me, he much bigger dude than me. And he says, Hey uh, boss, there's a, there's a guy out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your SUV. I'm like, dude, you're bigger than I am. Good kick his butt <laughs> or something like time to get out of here. Well, he's got it blocked with his tow truck. And I was like, Oh no, oh, no. Yeah. My car got repoed in front of all my employees. It was a horrible experience. And I remember thinking, what's the point of being here? Why am I even here? Why am I doing this? What, what? And I was literally ready to give up on everything in that moment. Um, because it was the most humiliating moment of my life. It felt like, and, and, you know, there are people, especially during the, the pandemic, the 2020 kicked a lot of people right in the teeth, man. And suicide rates went skyrocketed in, in not just this country, but throughout the world. What do you say to somebody that may be watching or listening that they feel like they've tried everything and they're barely hanging on to life. They they're barely hanging on. They don't know which way is up. They don't know what the next move is. What do you say to that person that's watching or listening right now? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the first thing would be like, you haven't tried everything, right? Because, because the strategies, whatever you want to call the strategies, like how to be successful in life, which there's, there's a million of them right? They all work. They're just a matter of doing it. And, uh, and, and I, and I think that like, you know, we, we need, we need to, we need, sometimes you got to try a lot of things before you figure out the one thing that works. And for some people, it takes a few months. For some people, it takes a few decades, right? And the, the, re the reality is like, that's just the way it is. And so I, I think that like, it's, it's trying a lot of things, but more importantly than that, it's, having a def definite purpose and being dedicated to one thing, the thing that you, you know that you want, like knowing what your life's purpose is, what you want to achieve in life, where you want to go, and then like choosing a path to get there. And then once you have that figured out, the last thing would be um, stop trying to do it on your own. Like, like put down the ego, put down the facade, and be willing to pay somebody to show you how to do it. The, the craziest thing that I think people don't realize is that anything that you want to accomplish in life, anything that you want to do, anything, like literally anything, especially nowadays, there is somebody out there who has done it successfully, who is willing to teach you exactly what to do so that you can get there as well. And like no. all it takes is a little payment and they will work with you until you're successful. It's, it's the biggest hack to life. It's the biggest secret. And yet it's the biggest thing that people like avoid because so we're so afraid of spending money on things. Yeah. And that, that to me, like that's not spending money. That's, that's making an investment. Right. And that's yeah. an investment that is, that is going to pay off for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, having done that many times, I think I was doing the math the other day. I think at this point I've spent $150,000 on coaching programs. Yeah. And um, in just the last few years, 150 grand on coaching programs. And that's a lot of money. I think of all the things that I could buy with that and how many cool cars I could have or whatever yeah. You know, yeah. that money. But I also know that I would not be where I am today without having made that payment, made that investment and not just an investment into somebody else to teach me what to do so that I can do it faster and not have to figure it out on my own. But every investment that you make into somebody else, into a coach or into a consultant, yep. is an investment in yourself. I always say the transformation happens in the transaction. When you make that transaction, when you pay that money, it creates this trigger in your mind of commitment that like I made this commitment to help uh, myself to get to where I want to go. And yep. I'm not going to take it lightly now because I made that commitment. It's the difference between watching a video on YouTube like you talked about, somebody who watches a video on YouTube has zero commitment and people will watch videos on YouTube for entertainment and they won't go do anything about it. But yep. when you pay somebody for information, when you pay them to coach you or to help you or to get you to where you want to be, it creates that commitment where you actually improve your chances of success because of the money that you paid. The, result, the transformation happens in the transaction. It's because you paid that money. In fact, it's not even, I think it's more so about that than it is about the quality of the content or the coaching that they're giving you. 
even if it's not like the highest quality, the fact that you made a commitment, the fact that you decided to go all in on something means that you will have a higher chance of being successful with it. And that's really what matters. So true, man. Absolutely. So true. <clears throat> I, I, <clears throat> I, I say it all the time. And, and, and if you think you're going to get anywhere in life, if, if you're, if you're, tr you know, there's a lot of people that, that are happy being where they are. Like they don't want more out of life and, 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 you know, that's cool. But if you want more out of life, if you want more out of your business, you have to invest in yourself. It's, it is the biggest life hack period. Yep. For sure. Definitely. Victoria has goosebumps. I think that's what she means. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Eric, where can everybody find you? What's uh, I should have asked you um, before we got started, but what's your um, what's your website address? Yeah. So if you so if you want to look at like, you know, you can find me on any social media channel, Eric Thane. Um, if you want to look at like kind of what I'm currently doing with coaching and stuff, I would check out mightyofferslive.com. Um, like I said, I call these offers mighty offers, and uh, this is my strategy for building a coaching business for um, or building a business online, selling your knowledge, selling your advice. And whether you're already doing that, like if you've already got an offer, we'll help you scale. If you don't yet, you know, we can help you get there. And we've helped people get started with selling online courses or coaching and consulting and building a business online. So Mighty Offers Live is, uh, is actually a two-day event that I'm doing next week, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and uh, it's where, you know, if you're interested in these strategies that we've been talking about, where I'm going to be going in depth two days, eight hours a day, like it's an intensive workshop going in depth, like how you can build a coaching business um, using, you know, selling your knowledge or your advice online. That's awesome, dude. You are the guy to follow for that for sure. So everybody make sure you follow Eric. <clears throat> You're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere, right? Yep. That's awesome. Eric, thank you for coming on and sharing your story and and um your wisdom, man. You for 30 you're 31. That's insane. You seem <laughs> yeah. so much older. So, okay. dude, I, I I appreciate you coming on and and spending the time with us. I'm going to wrap this up and end the live stream, but thank you to everybody who's been here. Um thank you if you shared this out. Thank you. I we we both appreciate that. Eric, thank you for your time and for being here today. Thank you, Ken, for having me on. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. And this is the guy that sent me the, um, that guy right there sent me the really cool microphone that I posted on, on Facebook the other day. So you're a good dude, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. All right. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye.